good rubber bands, but now I know New York, I need New York, I know I need unique New York. I know New York, I need New York, I know I need unique New York. Still now. Welcome to Reporting is Eligible. It's our draft and, I guess, farewell to Aaron episode. Uh, we, we just learned about that yesterday in a big, shocking kind of announcement, I think. Um, with me to help re- uh, say goodbye, farewell. Um, first of all, uh, our, our normal crew, well, one of them, uh, uh, in urban Wauwatosa with struggling internets we have. <laughs> hey, it's J.R. Radcliffe, training sports reporter for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. We... Uh... Kind of, we, we were prepared for this. We were prepared for Aaron Rodgers saying farewell or, or being made to say farewell at some point <laughs> this week. Maybe Friday was a possibility with the second rounds in pl- rounder more likely in play than the first rounder. So, yeah, Monday hit. We had just a flood of content, by the way, at jsonline.com. Probably, <laughs> probably too much. Just a flood of it. Uh, so uh, it was a big day. Big day over at uh, downtown Milwaukee. Yes. Say what you want about Aaron Rodgers, but he will always be great for content. Oh, incredible. And and he's not stopping. We'll be writing about I mean, I, 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 I intend on watching so much New York Jets football this year. It's going to be fantastic. It, that is actually a good point. It's nice to have a vested rooting interest in, like, the other conference, other than just, like, watching good football. Because you can hate watch him. You can like watch him. I don't begrudge anybody who wants to watch, you know, because they like him either. But I'll be hate watching. So um, that's, that's my plan there. And yep. this is also the draft show. So to help us with that, we have. Hey, it's Tyler Brook. I wrote a book. I've been up since 5 a.m. This is my second <laughs> podcast today. Um, I am still recovering from the Aaron Rodgers news that I missed in real time. It's It's been a crazy 48 hours. Um, I will say, as much as I like to crap on Rodgers and everything like that, that was the quarterback of my childhood, uh, seeing him win a Super Bowl and everything. Hard not to be a little emotional with him leaving, right? But um, it's also very exciting, and Gutekunst definitely won that trade. Oh, yeah. He absolutely won the trade. I'm, I'm actually, I thought I might start to feel a little sadder after it actually became reality because, you know, a lot of mostly good memories with Aaron, the player. And, um, you know, not uh, he's been an annoying person for like three years, which isn't a huge amount of time and part of a pandemic that, that has an impact on people. Um, but I think I'm kind of not having a big reaction because um, I also think he's he's not done, but He's just you're not going to win a Super Bowl with him anymore, and good good luck yeah. to the Jets for that. But um, it, if you're not going to win a Super Bowl with somebody, and I don't think they were, then you should do something else to try and win a Super Bowl. And that's kind of how I feel about him as the player too. So you know, um, thank you for all the memories and whatnot. But uh, have have fun in New York with with that. Good luck. I will. I will say all the social media posts got me feeling a bit nostalgic. Uh, you know, Bakhtiari, Jones, and then Rogers himself. Yeah. Seeing all the old pictures, like just seeing him holding up the jersey on draft day. Um, I haven't seen these, but it made me kind of remember all the Rogers photo bombs and pregame with all the guys doing the lineups. <laughs> oh, I forgot just, about those. Yeah. Yeah. It was all it's just like back when Rogers was just kind of like innocent and fun. Um, yeah, it was hard not to be a little nostalgic about all the uh, the good times. I like when he used to look like Scott Stapp. That was my favorite Aaron <laughs> Rodgers era. First, first thing I ever wrote about him, I made a Creed pun, and it went over well. So I he did take the Packers higher. He absolutely <laughs> did. Uh, I think he really was... is what 
Yeah, oh, go he, ahead. He, he's just said that the sty- the story is really good. The the draft yeah. day situation is really good. I keep revisiting that how amazing that was. The the serendipity of having San Francisco right there, his hometown, you know, home state, whatever, home area team, not take him, and then to have to follow up a Hall of Fame quarterback to have that acrimony to have everything come full circle and and legitimately be being moved to the same team that Brett Favre was moved to. Like, there's just so <laughs> there's so much. And you just, it's hard to take it all in. It's hard to like look back at it with the, you know, with the bird's eye view and just appreciate the crazy, the crazy story that was Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. It's pretty good script. Like the the junior college chip on his shoulder to major college to getting passed over in the draft. Sure. All kinds of good stuff. It it really like Aaron Rodgers, I think comes by a lot of his eccentricities, honestly. Like he, he's had his weird family situation. Um, he had a weird like college experience for a professional athlete for a high level, a high level one especially, and uh, is a genuinely interesting person. You know, if if perhaps not my favorite person, uh, he is he's not boring. He he, uh, you know, he he has interests outside of football, and I think he makes a lot of sense. He'd be a good bi- uh, biopic guy. Like I, I think you could really write a good script there of like this happened that led to this Aaron Rodgers characteristic pretty easily. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I. I do am convinced that if he does get drafted number one overall by San Francisco, he's not nearly the player that he is today. He yeah. might have flamed out. I agree. Yeah. It, actually, like one of the few who really got his stuff rebuilt and improved drastically, it doesn't happen that much. Like we talk about Josh Allen as one of the few that has had that kind of big ascension from being a very, very mediocre college quarterback. Aaron was better than that in college. He was actually a pretty accurate passer in the Tedford system. He just was. It, Go watch his tape sometime. I know Jar has, obviously, and Tyler, you have too. He threw the ball so weird in college. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was bizarre. Um, I, I think it might have actually helped with development because it's one of those things where it's easy to talk a guy out of. Like, it's just like, here, here, look how you throw. We're going to teach you how to throw like a normal human now. <laughs> and they did. And the rest is history. What's your What's your top three Rodgers moments? Not counting the Super Bowl, which, I mean, he was very good in the Super Bowl, but like... What are the what are the big three that you look back on? Uh, there's so much like uh, recency bias in this, but uh, mm-hmm. I do love the cook throw a lot. Uh, I I will always so love great. that uh, throw. Yeah. Um, it, it uh, it it was more a little more Nelson than than Rogers, but um, I was at the 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 uh, Packers Patriots game where Nelson scored on Revis right before halftime from like 50 out, and. It wasn't a super great throw or anything, but it was just like a dead on time slant. And I kind of saw it live. It looked really neat live. So, and uh, a lot of them are Super Bowls. They were good throws in the Super Bowl. I can't think of uh, another off the top of my head other than the tire. I think the uh, the seventy yard pass interference penalty, which um, was awesome too. But uh, yeah. I'm sure there's better than that. Yeah, there's for me. It's the it's the Atlanta game in the, the Atlanta in the, game is amazing. Right up to the Super Bowl, yeah. truly great. I I think the hail obviously there's the Detroit hail mary, but the I think the Arizona one is more mind boggling. The back to back essentially hitting back to back hail mary. It's really a shame they ultimate. lost that game, um, because yeah. that was yeah. absolutely incredible. You're right about that. The Janus bombs are I think certainly top five for um for me too. Yeah. Um. But uh, but yeah, there there's there's I, I won't say there's like a, a laundry list of great moments only because they only have the one Super Bowl. But but uh, there's some there's some pretty good ones. There's uh he'll he'll definitely uh, history will obviously like it has with Brett Favre or before Brett Favre had some new issues. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll look kindly on him and we'll remember him in a, in a very positive light five ten years from now. Yeah, mine are uh, randomly just emotional ones. I mean, my knee game when my knee. he left. <laughs> 
Um, I just remember being in Chicago, Khalil Mack's first game in Chicago. All of my Bears fan friends just give me so much crap at halftime, seeing them come back and win that one. Uh, sleeper one, uh, just a couple years ago with Devontae, that last drive against the 49ers with time running out, and they just got two crazy throws off to get a game-winning field goal. I know it's not going to go down as like one of the most memorable moments, but felt like the refs in that game it just totally you know kept the Packers from blowing that out of the water, yeah. and it just felt like it felt like Rodgers was so pissed off at the situation that he just kind of spite willed them back into a field goal range, which was just a really incredible moment. But number one for me will always be the Giants Cobb Hail Mary playoff game, uh, just because I was there. Um, unbelievable experience. Yeah. Part of, so cold. Part of my problem I think I have is that there's a lot of good Cobb ones, and they all blend together mm-hmm. a little bit for me, especially because there's multiple bear ones. <laughs> yeah. And picking your favorite Cobb bear beater is, is tricky. Yeah, 2013 for me. We've talked about that a lot, a lot on here. Yeah. but that And that's not as much about Rodgers as, as it is about that season, that team, the improbability of it all. But obviously Rodgers is his main character. But, yeah, the Cobb, Cobb's there. My knee, uh, he's got he's got a number of great catches. Randall Cobb does. Oh, and I, last one too. People um, embarrassing themselves with the belt will also ha- always hold a special place <laughs> in the heart too. Oh my gosh! Which, absolutely, you shouldn't have mocked the don't, belt. Don't mock the belt. It was, was really great, and um, you know he turned it organically in, into advertising, and it just kept happening. Like, was it Stephen Tullock who blew out his ACL mocking the belt? Um, just so many like little random weird ones too. Not just like losing, but losing embarrassingly or getting hurt. Or um, the the belt was a great creation. Uh, well mm-hmm. done there i think i i should still have my list at js online of the people who did mock it to their peril uh <laughs> we, had, we made a list a few, couple years ago we haven't seen it in a couple years but uh but there, there's a there's a full list out there that i wrote so uh so one of the many millions of things that we wrote this week <laughs> indeed um so we, we probably should talk about the compensation a little bit because while memories of aaron are fun um the sort of realization that we took the jets for a ride here is also fun and um, it, it also proceeded a fairly large battle between a lot of New York people, media, Mike Florio, <laughs> who thought that the Jets would get Rodgers for essentially nothing, and and then, uh, uh, well, us at Acme Packing Company and Mina Kimes and Andrew Brandt, who thought the Packers would do quite well here, and uh, the <laughs> Packers did quite well here. So um, Choose yay, your fighter. Yay for us. Um, <laughs> I, I may have gotten a little carried the w- away on the Twitter spaces. Uh, I was driving <laughs> yeah, was, back from practice. It was more swearing missed, than usual on the Twitter spaces that we did, yes. <laughs> I, uh, I missed I, – I saw the tweet that the trade had happened – as meetings we were going into meetings so i had to put my phone away i did not see the compensation got on the twitter spaces driving back uh and after i had it all read to me i may or may not have said that it was the greatest day in franchise history (laughs) which may be a little hyperbolic (laughs) it's not the vikings man but um (laughs) but but yes uh, the packers did very well here um i i i I wrote a tweet before the thing to to make clear like what does good mean that i thought they'd get at least a first rounder and um the total compensation that they got is the equivalent of a very good first rounder so um yeah i'm sure everybody knows this by now but they swap picks with the jets 15 and 13 um they trade some late picks in this draft as well fifth and a sixth that don't matter they get the Jets' second round pick this year and they get a 
uh, a conditional, I guess, conditional second where if Aaron Rodgers plays 65% of offensive snaps next year, it turns into a first, which is just outstanding. They <laughs> uh, honestly, I, I it might that's like my 90% scenario for how I thought they'd do. I, I thought they might do a little worse than that, and uh, it was prepared for the worst, and they knocked it out of the park. This was just really, really good negotiating. <laughs> And it's a, I mean, it's a hall that they, they'll be very important for rebuilding, especially if Jordan Love um, isn't good. If he is good, they're just they're in great shape. But if he's not, now they have capital to go up and get a quarterback next year. So they're just really, really well set up. It, phenomenal job by Goot and the team. Andrew Brandt had the, I think, one of the better points on this, pointing out that you know the Packers not having an owner might have been to their benefit because you didn't have somebody getting impatient you know this draft is essentially a it's a soft deadline but if it doesn't happen this week then there's a massive restructuring of this whole thing and the Packers have to go you have to go back to the table the Packers are going to be asking for some completely different stuff and yeah I, I think that sometimes it's really good to be organized like a corporation that doesn't fly off the handle and, and make emotional decisions like uh would Jerry Jones have like held fast here I Jim Irsay. Jim Irsay would have given him away for absolutely diddly squads. He would have lost all leverage by tweeting what we're negotiating around. Like, we're going to, what do you guys think if we offer him a first, man? <laughs> I'm going to create a Twitter poll. Yeah. But I think that's a good point, JR. And they are, um, the Packer front office and president and, and Russ Ball are weird. They're weird, stone cold, like you know, unemotional ninjas at this stuff. And, that doesn't happen at a lot of other football franchises. A lot of other teams are run by people who are super into it and very emotional and want to make big splashes and stuff. And and it's just a very conservative organization that's like you're not gonna like blink. They're gonna you're gonna blink before they do. Like in fact, I, I assume Russ Ball's never blinked in his life. Just stares at you <laughs> until you give in. Um, so yeah, I think it I think it legitimately helped him here. Yeah, go uh, go stock ownership. The way to Jesus. go. Yep. Yay corporations. Yeah. <laughs> We don't get to cheer them often, but in this instance, I think it's worth it. As an owner, thrilled with the trade. Yep. Did a great job. Yeah. Pat myself on the back here. We we, we did it. <laughs> ah. Justice did it. Justice just, technically. I like that we manifestation. did get 13, so that's excellent. Technically, you, justice was right. Yeah. Do you think the move up to 13 dramatically changes the type of player they're looking at? I mean, obviously in a vacuum, not really. It's two spots, but... Do you think it opens doors that weren't open before? Yes. I actually do Very think strong. it does uh, for a couple of reasons. Tyler, jump in if you want to. But um, the Packers and Patriots have very similar needs in this draft, and they move a spot ahead of them by virtue of doing this. Uh, and just sort of for context, ESPN has that nice tool worth checking out if you are interested in the draft that basically tells you the odds that a very that a player will be available at every given spot in the draft. And just for context here, um, I was interested in Jackson Smith Nigma, so I looked him up, and there was about a thirty percent chance he was going to be available at fifteen, and there's over a fifty percent chance he's available at thirteen. So, th like that's one player, but that's a significant uptick in like a quality. That he's probably the best receiver in this draft by, I think, kind of a lot. Um, that's significant. That's a big move. And there are, I think, are a few um, positions where if you want to go for like the best in the position, now you're in the spot to do it versus having to settle for um, a slightly, you know, a second or third tier guy instead. Uh, you look at, you know, where they are in the draft and with the bear, starting with the bears and then the uh, Titans, uh, the Patriots, the Jets, and then you're looking at potentially the Steelers trading up. 
there's almost certainly going to be a tackle run, right? Yep. So uh, the Packers might be interested in a first-round tackle. They brought in Darnell Wright for a top 30 visit. I think that move up two spots is to either secure your place in the run of tackles, if you are looking for that you know, right tackle slash Bakhtiari successor, or if all of the tackles are gone, Jackson Smith and Jigba could be there. Yep. Or if all of those are gone, one of the top edges will be there. So I do think it puts them in a significantly better spot to control, you know, where they're looking for and avoiding getting swept out or missing out on a guy, which they have had a habit of doing. Yeah, they have. Few. Yeah, I mean, think about the a two spot difference with even the Jordan Love draft and getting yep. uh, Ayuk. Jefferson went more than two in front. I think he went like three or four. But you know, it's that's the kind of difference that this could possibly make. So yeah. So, All right, so let's get into it. Let's do it. Ah, the draft. Um, so, um, Tyler, you are uh, – I, I do my numbers and crap for the three positions I care about, but um, <laughs> the Packers don't tend to take the positions that I care about. <laughs> they, they tend to take tackles and guards and edge rushers and safeties and stuff. So um, – we're up to 13 now, and I know you, I've listened to all of you, you and Justice, and with the focus on 15 and whatnot. Uh, have you changed your opinion on, on likelies here? Um, like, what do, you, what do you think we're looking at now? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I did update my likelies here. Um, all right. The guy I was super high on at 15, just thinking about how the draft was going to fall, uh, was Miles Murphy at a Clemson edge rusher. You know, he's a big body. His first step's great. Um, I think he'll get production and he can stop the run. Like when you're thinking long-term for a first round pick, he's the Preston Smith replacement Yeah, at 13. It, it changes things a little bit. Murphy's more of a, <laughs> you know, maybe we trade back if we really need to, but you know, clearly I think if they're doing the pick swap, I think good even said on record, there was a reason for them doing that. Um, I think the prayers are JSN. I just, something tells me he's not going to be there. Maybe it's just vibes of, Packers fans getting their hopes up for wide receivers for the past however many years since 2002. Yeah. Um, I just I I don't see that happening. My hope, but like my hope is that Johnston goes as the first receiver, even though he would blow me away. Shouldn't I? Well, I'm with you on that, but I do think it's at least possible. And if that happens, yeah. I think there's a good shot they get him. So that's uh, for the early draft. That's kind of one thing I'm just keeping an eye on is. Is Johnston going to be the first off the board? If he is, it puts him into play. Then I get, then I start to get excited about it. But I, I agree, um, I don't think he will. The other two prayers, I mean, Paris Johnson Jr. is oh, offensive tackle one for me by a mile. Like 36, yep. 36 like and a half inch arms or something is just outrageous. His, the first thing you'll notice when you watch him on film is just how quick his feet are for a 6'6", 310 guy. He's probably the first tackle taken. I, I don't envision that. The one that's interesting, and I'm hearing all kinds of stuff, is Tyree Wilson. He could go anywhere from two yeah. to like 15. He is currently sixth on the consensus board. Yeah. But he is, I, I've seen him all over the map as well. He's a weird one. But I one. mean, yeah, you could think about it. If you're looking at this draft, you could legitimately have four quarterbacks go in the top 10. You could have four offensive tackles taken before 13. Will Anderson, Jalen Carter. Jackson Smith and Jigba like there's only so many spots someone's gonna have to fall but those are the prayers in all likelihood Darnell Wright who we talked about Miles Murphy we talked about Lucas Van Ness the Iowa edge rusher who never started in Iowa but is crazy athletic (laughs) and can bull rush like a mofo uh, but that's all he's got right now. I, I like so that guy, but I only watched his highlight tape, and I know not to judge off of that. So it's a he's, good highlight tape. <laughs> he's 
he, people are very polarizing on him, right? Like the, you see the athleticism, you see the traits of people have him like as a top 10 pick and other yep. people are like, nah, he's like a second rounder. The truth lies in the middle. Yep. Like there's a lot to be excited about him. He's not perfect, but I mean, in this class, who is? Yeah. So the consensus board, by the way, we're talking about the consensus board. That is Arif Hassan's um, aggregation of all major mock drafts and pre-draft stuff into one um, that is available at uh, Pro Football Network. And uh, it's a good resource just to know where people might go. Uh, J- JSN, Jackson Smith in Najibwa, is 12 right now, but Levis is 18. So, um, yeah. you know, if, if it only takes one quarterback going up to, to push him down to us. It, it's not I do just want to say, my AFC team, as a like born and raised Hoosier, is the Colts, obviously. Right. I've been very invested in the quarterback rumors. <laughs> I don't know if my heart can take Levis and Indy. I, I can't do it. It would be, um, I feel like, very on brand for Indy to do that yeah. particular one, but uh, I, I, I kind of think it might happen. Honestly, <laughs> I'll give you. I will say, solid condolences all the re- if it does, but the reports coming out from Levis about like the Colts favoring Levis are not Colts people, and all the yeah. Colts people in the market that I trust wholeheartedly all say the same thing: it is so tight knit and so locked in that no one's sharing shit. So I do genuinely think no one knows. Okay. My hope, my hope is Anthony Richardson. I I will say even if he's bad, he is going to be really be fun, fun yep. and I will go to games. Yeah. I think that's a good one. Uh, I softened what if, Levis a little bit too, so but not that much. Yeah. <laughs> what if one of those four is available at thirteen? Oh yes, we've talked. We've talked about. We should this, talk yeah. about that. Um. So for I don't think that they would necessarily count it out. Um. So, first of all, the least likely one, I think, is Richardson. Well, the, Young is going to go first. I think we should get that out of the way. Um, even though he is the teeniest, tiniest quarterback of all time, um, it's pretty rock solid that he's not going to be there. He's the one that we can count on. But I think all of the rest could plausibly fall. Like, Stroud yeah. has had all these rumors that he is not a good processor. Um, McGinn leaked, uh, leaked his, I think, maybe fake um, S2 cognition score, <laughs> which was very bad if it's true. Um, Levis is very polarizing. He could go all over the place. And um, uh, Richardson, of course, is a project. Um, so it could happen. If I think if Richardson gets to them, they almost have to do it. Like, uh, he, he, First of all, it doesn't screw up your chemistry with love because it, if, when you draft Richardson, your assumption is you need development time. So like, it, I think it's like even a no pressure immediately on love at all and won't even necessarily screw up like team chemistry and stuff like that and his upside so high that they would i think have to do it the other two are a different story because if stroud falls i think that means that there may be some legitimacy to the those rumors that i mentioned and then levis is like my my horror is that levis is there at 15 i do not want that he is the kind of quarterback 13. They, or 13th. Yeah, thank you. Uh, he yeah. is the kind of quarterback that they kind of like. He is very Jordan Love-esque. So <laughs> I don't want that. I will complain a lot if they do it. Uh, it'll be a, it'll be like a rerun for me. It'll be like, well, it's good to take a quarterback, but I don't like this quarterback, especially this archetype that they like a lot. It's very annoying. And now they're going to have a, a big, huge thing. But it, the content would be amazing. Could you imagine running power read with Aaron Jones bouncing to the outside and then anthony richardson it'd be fun middle. it'd be a blast it'd be so fun just as like sub packages now you know what like i have not actually considered this possibility too much uh jr i'm glad you brought this up i would do it i would do richardson levis if he's in the second somehow it's just not gonna happen but if he was there at like 42 Ugh. 
I, I wouldn't love it, but I would understand. Yeah, yeah. Kind of with you on that, I guess. But I don't want that. Just don't don't do that. Um, Richardson also, like, there are a few pluses for a guy who was super inaccurate in college. Um, he, he, like, was the best at avoiding sacks of anybody in this class, which is a good stat to have. It actually is one that translates over to the next level pretty well. Um, he th- they threw, like, no screen passes at Florida. So his completion percentage sucked. Uh, but he had the second highest drop rate for his receivers in the class and no screens. So, like, no easy throws for Anthony Richardson at all. Um, and uh, um, he is very, 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 very young. Uh, so, like, lots to like there, even if he is, you know, uh, a very toolsy raw guy. You know what makes me happy? Um, the league consensus on Tanner McKee changed to what I thought. That always makes me happy when that happens. Because there were a lot of uh, mocks having him in like the third round, which is a dumb place to have quarterbacks mocked in the first place. But that guy sucks, and now everybody knows he sucks. So I'm happy about that. I've told you my comp for him, right? Uh, wasn't it um, Matt Ryan at his uh, on the upside? No, o- old Matt Ryan. Old Matt, old Matt Ryan is a good comp for him. That is perfect. He is like old Matt Ryan. That, that is, he can't, he's like, uh, all of the bad things about Matt Ryan, like lack of mobility, he's tall, he can't really move, <laughs> uh, but none of the good things about Matt Ryan. And also he has tiny hands, which um, actually hurt him. That's so are we going to, are we going to try to, are we going to do like a three, like a three round draft where. We try. We try to land on it with nine nine picks between the three of us and see if we can get the get this thing correct. That's what I want to do for for the number thirteen overall pick. I think we should each take. Uh, we should go around each take three people and then we'll we'll just declare the winner whoever gets it right. Uh, if anybody gets it right. So uh, Tyler, are you up for that? Yeah, uh, I think we should do snake draft because based on what we pick, second rounds. You know, I'm we down. should give Tyler first pick. Tyler gets first. Uh, pick. <laughs> uh... I'll go Darnell Wright just because it seems like they're going up for a tackle. I don't think it's JSN. I, I know they all want to think it's JSN. I don't think it's JSN. I think that's a good pick. Um, oh, Jerry, you want to go second? Or you want to go uh, you want the, or sure. you want the double? No, I'll do the double. Give me the double. You do the double? Okay. Um, I will do... Uh, I, I, see, I want Jackson, but I don't think that they're going to get him. So um, I will go with Miles Murphy. Um, that's a, a reach for him, but I think it's a possibility. So I'll, I'll, I'll go I with that. I personally don't think it's a reach, but okay. again, I'm I I am not I am higher on him than the consensus. I I do genuinely think when you contextualize his size for his skill set, that he is really good. All right. Okay, so I'll take two. I will take Jackson Smith Jigba, and uh, even though I. I don't think I don't think the Packers are going to take a receiver. I don't think even if they're all there at once, I don't think they'll do it. Um, I just feel like no matter who the quarterback is, that's their that's their mo. They just they just don't do that. I think they'll probably go line or defense. Pretty simple. And uh, I, I'll uh, I'll go Peter Skaronsky from Northwestern. I don't right, think he'll be right. there. I don't think he'll be there. But but I think they'd like him if he was. Obviously, he's got the Packers connection. His grandson of a of a Packers great, Bob Skaronsky. So uh, so let's uh, let's let's do let's do the Big Ten kid. And uh, we'll see if he's there. Is this the second round pick? Yeah, yeah that, was, that was the second two. round. So now it's back to Paul. So, okay. oh, we should be clear on the rules. So, Tyler, I, I was going to do it for all, all for the first round pick. Just we get three guys each on the first round pick. Oh, okay. I was going to say I was like Skaronsky. Okay, because, yeah, because um, you know, it's hard to pick the Packers picks a lot of the time. They they fool us a lot. So, like, well, they're going to trade back. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, I do have the gif ready to go. So yeah, swap to trade back is would be pretty incredible. That That's would actually be elite. the greatest Packers bit of all time. <laughs> it would, wouldn't it? 
All right, so it's it's back to me. Um, uh, I I'm, I'm like flipping back and forth between the consensus and and the Packer because I know that there's a couple guys I like that I don't think that they'll actually pick, but I'll go with it anyway. I will go Joey Porter um, as my next Ooh, one. He's a dog. He's, I like him. Yes. Yeah. And, and I I feel like corner would be a little bit of a surprise for them, and they, I feel like they do that too much. So I'll, I'll go with that. Wow, I feel like I'm going to get two guys that I feel like are pretty good possibilities here. Um, I'm I'm going to start with Lucas Van Ness. I mean, he just screams yeah. Packer, right? You know, uh, upside, not a ton of production in college, athletic freak. I mm, do I do it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do it. I'll just say Darnell Washington uh, in the, the first. Okay, really? <laughs> I I don't think it'll happen, but I want to if. I will be the only person you on Packers Twitter right. if they took him at third. If they took him at thirteen, I'd be the only person on Packers Twitter celebrating. I feel like a lot of people <sighs> have really turned into not liking Darnell Washington for various. Well, everyone reasons. thinks he'll be there at forty-two. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> There's no way, uh, guys. I'm telling you right now. Look, I'm with you. There's I think no a lot way. of it's smokescreen, and that most of the NFL sees him and is like, "Well, that guy's amazing," and we'll take him very early. And then you get a lot of people outthinking themselves on. Ooh, we like the pretty nuance of Meyer. Um, but uh, it's back to me, though, and I'll take Michael Meyer for my last one because it would piss me off. So <laughs> I thought we might get through this without either Michael Meyer or Dalton Kincaid selected. That would have been that would have been wild. No tight end. Forget it. Forget it. All the mock drafts out there. They're not they're not taking a tight end. Um, I I kind of want to do a wild card, even though I feel because like, Broderick Jones is still there. And I feel like that's a, a good really, one. Yeah, it is. Good yeah. One. That's a good one. He, I think he'd be a good right tackle. Okay, so I won't go wild card. I was gonna maybe say Brian Branch, but I'll I'll say Broderick Jones. So uh, one way or another, I got the Packers taking uh, an offensive lineman, or uh, I'm trying to remember who all my guys were. <laughs> I've already JSN. forgotten. Or JSN. <laughs> yeah, JSN. it's it's gonna be one extreme or the other. Yep. All right. By the way, someone tweeted at me a couple weeks ago. Uh, Jordan Love likes every single Instagram post of JSNs all the time, Ooh, which I find very interesting. interesting. Oh. Not nothing. Yeah, not nothing, not nothing. All right, so we should get to questions. We have a million of them, but before we do, do you have do you have any thoughts on second round likelies? Um, since we have so many second round picks now, uh, I think they take an edge with one of their two second round picks. Yeah. Um, they brought in a lot of day two edge guys: Will McDonald, Felix Andrew, DK Usama. Um, they did not bring in my guy Isaiah Foskey. How dare they? Um, I do think that's a, if Rich Basaccia has any say in the draft, Isaiah Foskey will be a Packer. Because he is a athletic He's, edge prospect who blocks a ton of punts. He does seem to have quite a lot of say. So, <laughs> quite, yeah, quite right. Possible, um, but uh, those would all be good. I I am just hoping Washington gets there. My my nightmare draft is that Levis is there at thirteen, and then Washington is there for their first second round pick, and they don't take him. That will make me very mad. Uh, that's Paul's mad draft, but hopefully that will will come to that. I like I, uh, the comment. Oh, go ahead, Tyler. Oh, I'll just say any. Even Kincaid in the second, it, Kincaid's my tight end three, and I'm not super high on yeah. him. I'd actually be happy with him in the second round. Like that's an he is a legitimate pass catching I wish, weapon. I wish he would have run. I need to see yeah. measurables on him and not have him have a back injury also. But like I, I'm with you on that. Like I, I'm in the second, I'm fine with Kincaid. Like uh, he is a and he actually almost not quite almost hits my. Uh, my star thresholds for production. He's just a hair short, it just just barely, like it, just enough that it kind of ticked me off looking at it. Like, I feel like like one more like random eighty yard catch, and he'd he'd have blown my threshold up, and you know that happens sometimes. So, 
Um, but I, I like him okay. I just wish I knew for sure what kind of athletic profile he has. We talked about this on draft talk, but the one sleeper in the second round, wide receiver Jonathan Mingo. Mingo. I we think should he's me- going. We got to mention Jonathan Mingo. Yeah, he's going higher than the consensus. He is six two two twenty. Like that's huge. He flies down the field. He blocks his ass off. Yeah, the he's second everything Matt Lafleur would dream of he, in a he wide is receiver. Prototypical Lafleur Shanahan receiver. He had the highest. Lafleur probably sweats when yeah. he watches it. I think he had the second highest raz of the receivers in this class, and um, is it just such an unusual um shape, but. Like Darnell Washington, he is a guy who just you can immediately identify him on the field because no one else looks like Jonathan Mingo. And it, it's not just that he is like uh, you know very wide and bulky for a receiver. He also has giant hands. He has some of the biggest hands of any receiver. They show up on tape too. Like he makes all these crazy one-handed catches and and stuff. And they used him weirdly. Um, he, he has a lot of vertical in college, which really hurt his catch percentage. But he does not drop the ball. He uh, he just. Um, is a tank. I, I want that guy so bad. He was my yeah. pick for if I had to bet like a lot of money on who's going to end up on the Packers out of this draft. Mingo was my pick. So he fits so well. I, I got nothing in the second round. Luke Musgrave, I guess, from Oregon State. I'm throwing a name out. Tight end. Sure, sure. Oh he's he's very fast up the seam. That he is. That he is. He's big yeah. receiver, and he might be a good one, and he might not. We'll we'll Can't find out later. <laughs> He can't block though, right? He cannot. He's not no, that course. kind of guy. Uh, okay, yeah. He's a I'm not sure that's not that in Green Bay. He's not that guy, pal. He's not that guy. <laughs> no. I got so it. on the one hand, uh, like you'd think it wouldn't be that guy in Green Bay, but they actually have a lot of flex tight ends and they work pretty well. Like that, that Cook was under the old regime, but like they bring those guys in and, and work them in sometimes. Yeah. It's just, not that preferred, but I think if they had a good one fall, they'd find room for him. So I think he's All pretty right. good. Shall we? Uh, shall we do some questions? Let's do questions. We have a, a zillion. Thanks for all the questions, all of you people. Uh, really appreciate you, everybody who jumped on Patreon and did it after a bunch of time off. It's uh, it's nice to see you. You guys are all paying attention. <laughs> so uh, let's do it. Yeah. So uh, I'll, again, my internet is terrible, so I I don't know if this is gonna work, but I'll try to read these. Uh, Mark Putscarby asks, "Who are Paul's guys this year in the draft?" We've just talked about that but specifically he's nah. looking at some day three finds that he should keep an eye out for uh he says i know you just like levis heading into the draft but you've also stated in the past the team should always draft quarterbacks because of the value the position provides so if levis is on the board at 13 do you want him no and you've already oh, answered no. that you've answered that by freudianly pronouncing it levis as in like leave him or leave it i i uh i love that but anyway carry on yeah I- uh, re- real quick paul before you start i'm yep. sorry uh, have you custom made a Tyler Huntley Pro Bowl banner yet? Oh, I have to do that. No, I have not. But I, it's it's amazing. Uh, like it, it's you it's deserve the, a victory lap, the, even if it's a technicality. It's the dumbest victory lap, but I still should take it. <laughs> you absolutely should. Um, I so I, I feel like I, I said before. I feel about Levis like I do about Love. Like it it would be a defensible thing to take a quarterback there because you might need a backup plan. And you do get value at that position. Quarterbacks are super valuable, especially if they work out. I don't like him as a prospect. He has too many red flags for me. Uh, Too many picks. He takes sacks too often. Um, He's old, (laughs) which I I don't care about old as much on quarterbacks, but um, it's, it's, I want to, if the Packers next quarterback, I don't want to have the same profile as love because if love doesn't work, I don't want them going back to the same uh, well that they just did. And Le- Levis is too close to that for me. Give me a guy 
that's a little bit more proven in college, uh, a little bit higher completion percentage, CPOE and stuff like that. Uh, like if Stroud falls and they do that, yay. Um, but <laughs> but Levis, I, I just don't like. But as for um, day three guys, like all of my best guys are day three guys. So um, the weirdest thing about the receivers this year uh, for my choice, so usually the guy with the top wraps, that's my Raz and Rops combination. It's almost always an awesome guy. It's like Terry McLaurin or DK Metcalf or like it. it's like literally almost always someone who's great this year it's matt landers uh who on the consensus Whoa. board is 288th which is not a draft pick <laughs> he is 20.02 reps he had a 988 raz he ran super fast uh, at the combine and he was incredibly productive for arkansas he played with a good quarterback in kj jefferson um but uh, watching Landers tape is very interesting because uh, there are definitely a few instances where KJ Jefferson was not able to get him the ball far enough out and he had to stop slow down for it and got tackled. He should have had like four or five more touchdowns than he did. Um, and he's not like a great polished route runner. He is a mostly deep threat. If you wanted to throw an MVS comp on him, I think that would be not horrible. He's not as tall, but um He's a really good athlete who produced in an SEC school, and no one seems to like him. So um, I would love to, if he wound up on the team. He is, like, I liked Samari Toure last year. Everything Matt Landers does is way better than Samari Toure. So um, that's one of my big ones. The other one who's not as good, but I still like, is Antoine Green, who on the consensus board is not on the consensus board. He's a UDL. I don't even fan. know who that is. Uh, he is the second receiver at North Carolina. He's uh, been second in oh. their in their interceptions to Josh Downs two years in a row. Um, he is, um, let's see, uh, his, his ROPS is super-duper high. Um, he was 31% better than average. His RAS was 8.65, so not, you know, pretty, pretty good. Um, guy who averaged like 18 yards a catch and caught a super high percentage of Drake May passes. Um, three cone time was acceptable for what the pack. Oh, six, nine, nine, actually pretty good for what the Packers like. Um, didn't see a ton of targets, but jo this is one of those things where I, I don't like Josh Downs. He caught a ton of inefficient passes. Um, and he was good at catching a ton of inefficient passes. He was, he, his catch percentage is great. They forced him the ball a lot. He's very tiny. But Antoine Green did tons of damage with, uh, and caught everything that Drake May threw at him and did tons of damage with that. So I like that guy too. Nobody likes either of those two. I would love to have either after the draft is done. It's it's interesting you brought up Landers. Uh, I just watched a guy that reminded me exactly of him, just not as tall, and Trey Palmer out of Nebraska. Oh, yeah. It's not These a bad are comp. just two just freakishly athletic prospects in this draft class that don't really know how to play wide receiver, yep. but they win anyway because they're just so athletic. Yeah, and Trey Palmer's res was only 6.12. Um, Which blew me away. Yeah, that's weird, just... but Landers was 9.88, so like that's... Uh... <laughs> I think yep. I think he was the top Raz in the class for the receivers. Uh, I don't think anybody had higher. So. Yeah, he's an interesting one. I uh, I could see he's like a big ball of clay. You got to mold. Yep, totally. So those are my guys. All right, you're either a fart smeller or a wait. You're either a smart fella or a fart smeller. Um, out of practice, obviously. How funny <laughs> would it be if Goody immediately drafts a wide receiver, presumably JSN, for love with pick thirteen? Maybe a better question would be if it would. If it would even be in the best use, it would even be the best use of the pick if it ends up as a possibility. Oh, it would be hilarious because they, <laughs> 10 out of 10 content. Yeah, it would be 10 out of 10 content. So, content. so much ink would be spilled on they never did it for Rodgers and now they're finally, yeah, that'd be great. And uh, debatably, it would be the best use of that pick. Um, if if the best receiver on the board is available at 13, uh, <laughs> Tyler's like, yeah, I don't know about that. But um, it's at least. 
it's at least a def- defensible. Like it's a yeah. good pick at thirteen. I don't think any of us complain about it if it happens. I take it you like some people better. No, it's it would be a fine pick. Um, I do think just in the general picture of it, I think the goal of this draft class should be to get love as much help as possible. Yeah, that includes offensive line help long term. That includes another wide receiver along Christian Watson. We can argue about draft value at 13 or second round or third round or all that, but I do think tight end, O-line, wide receiver, yep. this is the class to do it and try and hit it hard. And just you got to see what love's made of, so why not just surround as much talent around him as possible? I think we're kind of in a place where it's going to be hard for the Packers to irritate the entire fan base the way they found a way to do with Rashawn Gary a few years ago, which obviously they got the last laugh there, but... <laughs> There's not like unless it is Will Levis, there's not really that person that would really make everybody scratch their head. The the one scenario I think though is if if Jeff if uh, Jackson Smith Jigba is available and they they Ooh, do take a receiver, yeah. but they take a different receiver. I mean, you said Quentin Johnson. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I people have said Zay Flowers. I don't think there's any way. But um, if they if they go with a different pass catcher, I think that would that would make people wonder. But like, what I thought I thought the Ohio State kid was the best kid in the draft. So that might be the only way you get people irritated. We actually just talked about this before the pod on the uh, Slack. I would love say Flowers at, at at thirteen. I don't think he. I have him as the thirteenth ranked player. No, but all I've heard is character off the charts, and yeah. you know, just from a locker room perspective, that's awesome. He's very fun to watch as well, and I think he's actually. If it's not JSN. Flowers is the other slot guy I'd be psyched about. I would not want Josh Downs. <laughs> but will the Packers draft somebody who's that small? No. I mean, he's not tiny, I, but he's so five ten. If they're gonna do it. This is the draft where they're going to do it because yeah, there's like, smalls. yeah, there's like eight guys who are too small for them. And most of them were good, productive college players with good brass scores. And I agree with Zay Flowers, like uh, character, everything in every scouting report is like off the charts, leadership, character, quality stuff. Um, he, he was not, for my tastes, quite productive enough. And I wish he would have run a little bit better for a tiny guy. But uh, but he's fun. So uh, he's 31 on the consent. No, he's 28. He moved up. He moved up three spots on the consensus board. Good for him. Um, <laughs> so that would be kind of a reach. But uh, uh, the one for me is if Meyer goes at 15, I'll uh, um, I will be super mad. I might 13. 13. God damn it, <laughs> son of a bitch. I gotta get that through my head. Um, and I I don't even know if he's polarizing. I think maybe just I don't like him. I know you like him better than I do. <laughs> I'm definitely I've got rose colored lenses on him because I saw him in person. Uh, shout out to the girlfriend that got us uh, end zone seats like first row for a Notre Dame game that nice. was wild. Seeing Michael Mayer operate in the red zone up close and personal, it's it it's wild. Yeah. He he moves different for that guy yeah. for a guy that size. Most of Packers people will probably be fine with that. I will be incensed and swearing a lot. So. Hmm. What if it's Dalton Kincaid? Will you also be swearing at that one? I would swear. I think so because I think it's a reach. Yeah, like I kind of yeah. get the mayor pick there if it happens. I think it's still a reach, but it's not as big a reach as if Kincaid. So yeah, yeah. Also, a guy who isn't going to block, right? Kincaid. Uh, no. So his effort's really good. His technique is just atrocious. Yeah. Like to oh, the okay. point where it's legitimately unsafe. Like oh, he geez. throws his face <laughs> into people. All right. Well, you could theoretically work that out, but he's also one of the older prospects, right? I I don't have the ages all in front of me, but he's up there, right? Oh, uh, ages. Um. <laughs> he is twenty three. He'll be twenty four in October. All right. Oldish. Yeah. Oldish. Oldish. All right. Uh, Patrick Detmer, 
Aaron Rodgers saying he was 90% retired before the darkness retreat is just the new, yeah, I've been immunized, right? <laughs> kind of is. It's very. It's a very Aaron statement. It is like um, always putting something out there for people to talk about and casting. It's such needless drama. It, it is needless drama. He loves needless drama. It's his thing. So. And I mean, maybe if he had said... I was 40%, 50% even thinking retirement. Like, that's at least plausible. I, I mean, who actually knows what's going on inside? But 90% <laughs> retired. I mean, come come on. That is such bullshit. It is. That's insanity. Yeah. You cannot convince us, Aaron Rodgers, that you were 10% only interested in coming back oh, what a weird, to the NFL. Can you believe we're in the universe where he came back? Think of all the other universes where he retired. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, 90% of the universe. The other comment he made on the Pat McAfee show gave me stronger immunized vibes, which was my intentions are to play for the Jets. Because if he had gotten traded elsewhere, that one I think would have gone down in infamy. Just my well, like well, technically I didn't say I was going to. I yeah. said I was intending. My intentions were to play there. Yeah, he's very careful. And it, well, when he's not ringing in the drama, he's very careful. Ninety percent. Come on. Uh, Brian Polkowski says, if you're Goody and now you're sitting on picks 13, 42, 45, 78, and 116, sounds like lost the numbers. Uh, do you most want to trade up, <laughs> hold, or trade back with this weak blue trip, blue chip draft class everyone is talking about? Trade back, baby. Let's go. Pick swap to trade back. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Well, I I never like trading up, but I get it sometimes. Like the Clay Matthews trade up, fine, worked great. But yeah, this one, you don't want to trade up. There's nobody who's going to provide that much surplus value over what you can get later on. It's a very flat class in terms of talent level. And uh, I think you'll have trouble trading back in this class, honestly. You're not going to find a lot of takers yeah. wanting to move up for the most part, especially after the quarterbacks are off the board. So um, trade, ba trade back is the answer. Plus, then I get to use my GIF. Um, but uh, hold this the second. And trading up, just who, who are you going to trade up for? You can get a guy almost as good like 10 picks later. I'll zag. They trade up. The plausible trade up is late in the first if two of the top three tight ends are gone and they want to make sure they can get one of the three. Because they've brought in Kincaid, Mayer, and Washington all in for visits. So that's where I could see them going, oh, we got to get one of these three. Possible. Trade up for your boy, Will Anderson. Will make me mad. <laughs> if they cool. traded up for Will Anderson, I would buy that jersey in a heartbeat. Yeah. I, <laughs> generational prospect. Sorry, Bukowski. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think they have the capital or the wherewithal to do that, but still, it that wouldn't. Would be, uh... It wouldn't. It wouldn't be a good process. They it have would... other needs right now. Yeah, they need. They need depth. Honestly, if they get more, like they could do a lot of damage to fixing the team. Not damage. They can fix a lot of problems with a lot of picks in this one. If they get a bunch of average players, that helps a lot. That they can recover from rebuild very quickly if they manage to acquire even more picks. They should look to do that. More seven. Did you more sevenths, no. <laughs> you know, I put a, I made a list of all the seventh round successes that the Packers have had. Again, a, one of the many things leading up to the draft. You know, it, you really have to reach and scratch and claw, even in the history of a franchise, to come up with a list of quality seventh round picks. You know, like we remember guys like Donald Driver were seventh round picks, but truly, they're 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 almost nobody there who who made a lasting yeah. impact. It's really crazy. So yeah. what you're saying is they're going to draft the next Donald Driver in the seventh round this year. Absolutely, cool. yeah. <laughs> Sounds awesome. And, and Max Duggan, so they're going to get a, a quarterback, a generational quarterback for years. Yep. It's going to be great. Um, PJ Wessel says, when do the Packers take a safety in this draft? It's a need, but doesn't sound likely in the first two rounds, maybe even the first three rounds. Interesting. You want to take this one, Tyler? 
round three at the earliest, and if it is round three, he will naturally be terrible. Yep. Uh, that's just the way the things. There are some fun ones. I I know just Justice disagrees on this, but I've warmed back up to Sidney Brown, a.k.a. the psycho that misses all the tackles. Uh, <laughs> just because I want athletic safeties that want to hit people. He was fun to watch, but isn't he a little Darnelli? He's very Darnelli. Yeah, I don't know if I can do that I again. I want to believe. I want to believe. Um, the the guy we both really want is Chris Smith. We don't know if he's going to be off their board because of athletic profile, but just his athleticism on the field is so much different. Um, I don't know. It's a it's a bad it's class. A bad safety class. It nobody likes the safety class. Like, there's two different Illinois safeties in like the top eighty five picks. That's not that's never good. You I'm convinced that. I'm convinced it's maybe because. It's the three high safety looks in college. Yeah. It's just ruined the position for evaluations because it's just, it's all bullshit. Sorry. Excuse that language. <laughs> it's all right. We, no, we already, I already, I think the E tag is already on after, after my outburst earlier. I'll, oh, I the, the bourbon's gone. I also think, gone, I, so think I, sw- I think I swore after one of my 15s got corrected too. So. All right. Uh, I don't know if this is Chez or Shay, but we'll do Shay Cabarici. Uh, because I like cool I like name. French pronunciations. <laughs> Which of the following would you suggest fans tune into for watching the draft? ESPN, ABC, NFL Network, or something else like YouTube stream? Where do you think we might find the most informed and least annoying analysis? Well, uh, we're going to be broadcasting on our Acme Packing Ooh. Company YouTube channel on Thursday. So you should tune into that. But you'll probably need the, the actual draft on, too. Um, I think I mildly prefer the NFL Network's um, coverage, although I will confess... I'm usually talking about it on on the internet, and so have it on mute. Uh, but yep. I don't like the old ESPN standby guys, so that's kind of why I shy away from that. But like I said, like I, I barely am watching it. I'm watching the bottom line update. You know, the, the card is in. That's all I'm doing. Yeah, I mean that that's why I'm watching it. I feel the exact same way. I'll I'll fill in my input. I'll look at Twitter. I get more value out of that. However, yeah. I do always have ESPN on just because the novelty of it. That's how I fell in love with the draft. Yeah. You know, Kuiper. Kuiper's Kuiper now, but he was a legend. Like the guy, this industry does not exist without Mel Kuiper. Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, Mel Kuiper works hard. It uh, certainly worked he hard does. when he was doing it. Uh, you know, all on handwritten paper and stuff back in the day. So, yeah, um, yeah, totally true. <laughs> I feel like there's this weird pendulum swing on on Kuiper. There was a time when he was seen as just this annoying you know what is it why does he have this weird niche expertise but now i think it's more like oh he's so endearing and he's the face of the draft and he's uh, it's, it's interesting i mean i i have no real strong opinion about him one way or the other i do know that i used to cut out in the uh, journal sentinel or journal whatever whatever we'd get at home cut out the lists of draft prospects at each position it would there would be like two weeks worth of you know linebackers one day and you know defensive yeah, ends the yeah. next day cut them out and follow the names across them off every time they came up so uh I definitely, I definitely do watch the draft. I am, I am into that level of it, and I, I think it is ESPN for me too. Just, if you uh, want to, if you want a non-TV medium to like react to draft stuff, uh, Dane Brugler's The Beast on prospects is just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, so if you just want to read on prospects, cool. you get yep. like it's, it's so good. Beast is great. That's how you know who, how many sisters and brothers everybody has. <laughs> Dane Brugler moonlights as a private investigator. Like- it's invasive but also wonderful <laughs> it's like it's like paul noonan you know he's like six five two seventy his parents are this and this uh his favorite song is this 
on a Tuesday night last week, he, uh, you know, had you no know, chips and dip for dinner. It was just like, <laughs> how do you, how do you know some of this stuff? Ryan Ziegler says after the 2010 Super Bowl game, did Rogers in fact take us to the toilet bowl? <laughs> eh, that just seems like a rip. <laughs> no, he was, uh, uh, especially because 2011 was a good season and they didn't lose ultimately like the defense got bad in 2011 not rogers he was amazing so yeah rogers was fine they were let down many many times by the defense by their coaching by special teams blunders um he he rogers probably takes too much guff for a lot of the failures where he was not ultimately responsible do you, do you think this is why justice does so much special teams film is he just so broken by 2021 probably yeah it <laughs> I mean, I, I started caring when we had to talk about it every week because it kept screwing up. <laughs> I will say last year, I got thrown into doing special teams help for coaching, and I, I, I had a little trauma to try to fight some <laughs> demons to work on that. I think if you, in any, speaking of alternate universes, if you replay 11, 14, and 20, it's it just incomprehensible that all three go against the Packers. Yeah. You know, that they, one of those years, they win a Super Bowl. And I still feel like there is a lot of luck, a lot of weird circumstances involved. And if you have that, those teams in those positions, those three years, one of them is going to break through and win a Super Bowl. So I still, I still feel like he is certainly a two Super Bowl caliber player yeah. with the Green Bay Packers. 100% agree. All right. JD says, who are your top quarterbacks that might be around day three to draft? Sub question or Sorry. Sub question. Do you think the Packers go into the season with a rookie backup for love or sign some veteran? If a veteran, any guys still out there that you would like them to bring in excited to finally turn the page in Packers history and see what love can do this season. It's exciting and fresh to me. Bring in Matt Ryan. <laughs> That's a great idea. Uh, no, te no temptation to play him. Probably a good influence. I dig it. He has ties. He did work with LaFleur in his MVP season. That is, he was his quarterback's coach. That is also true. Good point throwback um day three quarterbacks are all you know probably bad you're probably just having one to chuck balls around um my favorite jaron hall um out of byu partially because byu stink i think is going to affect byu quarterbacks for a while because of zach wilson um and you shouldn't do that for schools uh he's a good fun mobile quarterback he was actually pretty accurate his interceptions were reasonable they did play a horrible schedule because BYU plays a horrible schedule. Um, but there's a lot of positives in his profile. I like him okay. Um, but I don't think there's any like real shining stars that are going to be available on day three. Um, uh, Jake Hayner's interesting. And, um, he's so small, though. He, I'm he's, convinced he's smaller he, than even like the combine measurables. Like I think you're right. Um, and th that's the big problem. He does, I, I think, the, a purdy comp on him is reasonable. There's a lot of similarities between the two, especially if you believe all the S2 leak. Actually, that's not a leak. Um, Jake Hanner actually did very well on the S2 test. Um, that was a, a legit one that they actually put out themselves. So um, it's something if you like that, but I don't think he's physically good enough to play. So um, it, I don't know. It, there's not a lot of good. I just don't want Tanner McKee on my team. That's really all I want. I, uh, I'll go with Clayton Toon out of Houston. We talked a little about him before yep. the pod. I just... I think his footwork is excellent and it really helps him deliver like a, a good ball with good zip. He has the opposite problem of Will Levis where Le Will Levis is trying to go through his reads like because someone told him you need to to impress scouts and yep. it results in late throws up the middle. Toon will just rush it 
even if he has a clean pocket, and I don't understand why, and that results in his bad throws. Yep. Like, he's got to let routes develop more. Uh, but I love his arm talent, and, you know, he had quite a bit of success. And he's a Tedford guy, which I just think is super interesting. <laughs> just like Aaron. Also, the second highest Raz in the class for quarterbacks. Not It's not that big a deal. Oh. but um, I've got one more. Okay. Just interesting story is Dorian Thompson Robinson at UCLA. He's a tough one for me, but, but go yeah, ahead. He's really tough. Yeah. He, I'm not saying he's good, but he's just fascinating because he played for so long under Chip Kelly at UCLA. And you did see, especially this last year, like legitimate growth. He's athletic. He throws a good ball. He still wants to force things and just try and make a play. And that bites him in the ass way too many times. Yeah. Fun player, though. Fun player. Um, he um, There's this category of player who, who usually, like later on guys, through too many interceptions for not doing enough damage down the field, and that's during Thompson Robinson. But interesting stuff about him, like um, at the combine, this is kind of a bullshit drill, but um, they do actually have guys throw on a radar gun. It, you never see it posted, but uh, he actually threw the hardest ball at the combine. He he had a 62 mile an hour ball. Um, the second was Anthony Richardson at 60, and then 59 was Stroud and Levis tied. And th- that's all we got. That's that's barely any difference. But I think it's interesting that he actually led the way there. Um, and he is um, also very good at not being sacked, uh, second only to um, Anthony Richardson in the class for mm-hmm. uh, escaping pressure, which is also a good thing to have on your resume. The thing that really kills me with him is all those picks were against a real bad schedule. Um the only two quarterbacks in this class to play a worse schedule than UCLA, which is weird, um, were James Madison. Todd Santeo played the worst oh schedule gosh. in all of football. He was the he had the worst strength of defense faced in all of uh, of all the 114 quarterbacks I have. And Frank Harris, who's not a prospect, went to Texas San Antonio. <laughs> That's it. That's not a person. Yeah, uh, he's uh he's very tiny. I, I he actually has good numbers, but he is uh. A tiny guy with a weak arm, so yeah. Um, but uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson's interesting, but I wish he would have just done a little better, given all all of those caveats. So um, interesting. Jarrett's in the waiting guy. Oh no. Um. <laughs> we lost him. He'll be back. He will never leave us. There he is. There he is. <laughs> hey guys. Hey, Did you miss me? Yeah, I rambled. We named a, a bunch of quarterbacks. That about you'll now, never garbage hear about. quarterbacks for five minutes. So, uh, uh okay. Uh, 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 Spurgeon win. Um, are we are we talking about former NFL quarterbacks? Oh, that's where your realm of expertise. I'm too. I'm, I'm not gonna be able to name any. Jim Sorgi. There we go. Oh, okay. There we go. Uh, yeah. Who's the Nathan Peterman? Okay. Uh, so we are we on the scarf ninety one question? Scarf twenty one, I should say. Yes. All right. Let's do this. Let's scarves. Do for, for while I'm still here. It seems yeah. that the past couple of years, the Packers have drafted guys who almost no one anticipated going in the first round. Who do you think will be the Packers mystery man of the year for this year's draft? It's hard to predict surprises. So, um, <laughs> yeah. but by Good their, point. by their very nature. Um, and I, we already did our first round picks. I don't think they're going to do anything too weird there. Um, oh, no. my best oh, guess no. would be what? I just had one. Justice brought it up earlier. Someone he doesn't want. Wait. Keon White. Oh, Keon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's uh, it. That's the answer. Congratulations. Like I was, even he is a edge rusher out of Georgia Tech who yep. was like 290, 280 pounds. So he's basically a D end. I love him. Um, 
he, <laughs> he is your he kind is of player. A, he should be a D end. I would rather have if they're gonna do that, and I'm gonna be mad about them taking a big edge that shouldn't is overvalued. I'd rather have added Tamiwa, Adibare out of Northwestern, because at least he can stop the run. Um, either of them, I'd be sad. What if they do like Brian Branch at thirteen? Like that shit it would make no sense. That's that's the question. I know. Oh my gosh! <laughs> uh, but you see, at least that one, he is kind of fun. Well, he's I, kinda... I'm more I'm I'm more warm on him than I've been. Not he's to put eight. it out into the world, but like it, it's a position of need. He's probably the best safety available in the draft. But he's a slot. That's the problem. He's uh-huh. not really a true safety. I bet. Although that I will say, it, it's something we always talk about in scouting. Like just because he wasn't asked to be a traditional safety doesn't mean he couldn't be one. Yeah. So there's there's a couple good ones for you. I think those are good answers. We spoke we spoke their pick into existence we just did. now. I feel yeah. it. <laughs> At some point, do you think it's possible that we will leave this podcast without saying the name of the player taken at 13 by the Green Bay Packers? It is very That'd possible. Cool. Should we just start cool. saying like Brian Breesy? Let's just start saying names and see what happens, right? So that we we do not uh, do not miss it. Hmm. We said Quentin Johnson, right? We oh, did. Jordan yeah. Jordan, Jordan Addison, Addison. the <laughs> Devonte Smith to Christian Watson. All right, every now and then let's just randomly say a name like like draft Tourette's or yep. something. Jason Spitz, Carter Warren, <laughs> perfect. Uh, CJ Stroud, let's get nuts. More statement. It's annoying to me. This is uh, Jason Spitz, by the way. More statement. It's annoying to me that this trade is being spun and analyzed as some coup. A year ago, Goody was playing with a Royal Flush and could have taken Denver down. Once it was clear that 17 wasn't coming back, that was the only move to make. Instead, he drastically diminished his biggest, best asset. He completely and totally blew it. So this guy's saying that with Adams gone, there was no chance that this team would be good. I personally disagree with that, but still, like. You you could have I guess looked at it that way and said they should have traded him last year. I mean, it, in some ways, it, you should trade a guy too early rather than too late. But on the other hand, you had Rodgers coming off an MVP season, and even with Adams leaving, like you could potentially reload that receiver room to get them good enough. And um, the, uh, the bigger problem for them is probably just that their defense didn't take a step forward. I think they expected that to happen, and you know th- that was I think plausible. We all hate Joe Barry here, but um, <laughs> but but it was plausible that they could even just regress to the mean a bit on defense and get a good defensive performance that would carry that team. So I disagree wholeheartedly on that. Did we just like did Packers Twitter just forget that Rodgers was super hurt like most of the year? Yeah, he had a broken thumb and a knee, and like I. There were definitely times where it looked like the thumb was impacting his ability to throw. I agree with that, too. Uh, that does come part and parcel with the old guy a little bit, though, too. They almost made the playoffs. Like they I did. think there are games that they lost because Rodgers couldn't throw the they ball. They absolutely were, 100%. Yeah. And I don't think you can necessarily ding this team for, for lacking proactivity when it comes to Rodgers. They drafted Jordan Love. Like, they saw... That he was declining, and they thought, "Oh, well, we'll draft his replacement." And then he had two MVP seasons. Like at some point, you just say to yourself, "Okay, well, he's that. He's just that man. He's that yeah. guy." And and they wanted him back. Like he, he, it wasn't, it wasn't. It was very different rhetoric year to year. They they clearly were ready to move on this offseason. They were not. They were not clearly ready to move on last offseason. And there's you know, also th- you might not. So the the math on this. Um, if you trade with Denver last year, you probably don't do as well because Russell Wilson is there um, and available. There's other options that Denver could have pursued. Um, mm-hmm. You also, it's not like you get, if you trade with Denver, you miss that last season of Rodgers. That does count. Like, and it was a pretty, it wasn't in the playoffs, but 
there was a good chance they would have made the playoffs. So, it, it, like, you can't just do that. And this is a coup. They did great. Like, they, they gave up, like, a, a non-valuable Rodgers season, um, all things considered capped hits and whatnot, to get a whole bunch of picks. So I completely disagree with that. <laughs> yep. All right. Walt, could Michael Mayer – is it Mayer or Meyer? Mayer. Mayer. Could Michael Mayer's lack of efficiency <laughs> – could it uh, be in part due to his usage? He had very good yards per route run marks, but a low A dot. Could it be similar case to Devonte Adams at Green Bay, or is the low Raz and efficiency too big of a concern? Uh, can I start since I'm the one who hates him? Um, yes. <laughs> why do you hate away. Michael? Why do you hate Michael Myers? Um, is so, he just not waiting on the world to change like his brother that's John? Right. That's correct. Uh, so <laughs> I will come to actually his, to his defense a little bit here because that is very possible. And uh, if I'm going to be wrong about him, that's why. When your volume goes up, your efficiency often does go down, and. Um, that a dot is partially part of his 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 usage at Notre Dame. That like that's they used him a lot on high percentage catch, low you know um, yards per catch throws, and yeah, Devontae is not a bad comp who never had a good DVOA but always had a good DYAR for that very reason. With it, they throw all those smoke screens and bubble screens to him that hurts your efficiency. Um, I'll also come to his defense a little bit on the Raz, which is not as good as a lot of the other tight ends in this class, mostly because a lot of the other tight ends in his class are just athletic freaks. Uh, his Raz is perfectly fine. Uh, it, it, it did take a bit of a hit at his pro day, which I don't like to see, but he is a he is a very athletic tight end. He's just not like uh, a super great generational, su- uh, like Darnell's Raz is insane and stupid. Myers is perfectly good. Um, I think there are some holes in the case I just made, um, and you really don't see people put up that low of a yards per catch and be efficient receivers in the NFL, with one exception, that being Jason Witten. But yeah, all of those are perfectly reasonable explanations for that. And you know, if you do like his scouting, um, I, I like I get the case there. I, I do think that makes sense. I, I just you, enjoy that he can play both in line and in the slot, yeah. and he can separate. And His versatility is good. That is also yeah, true. It is good. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they have to get a tight end in this draft, right? I mean, a starting I, they might caliber need to get tight two. end. I think they right. might need to get two. I legit think they need two. Like, if they're going to run. They have no. I mean, Tyler Davis, no no offense, man, but they got no one on this roster. They, yeah. They have DeGuero, who's not a real tight end. And it's not like a kind they need to run the offense. They. If they're going to run the actual Shanahan offense, they need to. Like they, they don't have anybody that can do it right now. Yeah. So Tyler Davis want... continues to prove the theory of. All right, Doctor Hillbilly says: Is the smart play to decline Love's fifth-year option to see what he can do? If he doesn't have it, team has drafted capital to move up for a quarterback next year, and the cap room to make some moves. Or is the price for a one-good-year quarterback contract really that steep? I, I think you. you... You pick up the option. Um, even if it sucks, if he's bad, it's still a lot of money, and yeah, it's a year kind of down the drain. But you'll still be picking a quarterback who you don't have to pay very much in the draft there, and then you can move on from him afterwards. And you just get so many benefits from picking up the fifth year option if he is good. Um, you have some leverage to extend at that point. You don't have to pay through the nose on that. Uh, and quarterbacks are worth money, generally speaking. It's not a big deal. He's been waiting around a long time. Um, it, it handicaps you for one year. It might even help you move up draft wise. So it, it's all good. Um, I would I would pick it up. The the case for declining one is really only when a guy is known to be terrible and you're going to be moving on a hundred percent. And 
Um, that's not the case here. It, it's unfortunate that they didn't get to play him more last year and have a better idea. More information would really help them here, but they don't have that. And since they don't have it, uh, I think it makes sense to pick it up. It The alternative is so much worse yeah. where if you don't pick him up and then he's awesome and then, then you have to pay him. world of hurt. Yep. Yep. Yeah. All right. Price Trozen, what is JR's under the radar Scani angle to this draft? Um, so I don't know if I have much under the radar. The Wisconsin Badgers have three guys who are probably going to get taken. I'm curious to see if Joe Tipman sneaks into the late first round. He's an offensive lineman, offensive guard primarily, I think, in the NFL. Uh, maybe maybe more than that. I don't know. D- versatile. Versatile lineman. Yeah. And uh, there's a chance he goes late first, but probably more second round. Keanu Benton from Janesville is in there too. Nick Herbig, linebacker who tore it up. Up at Wisconsin. I want to see where all three of those guys go. I'd love to see jacked punter Andy Bunyavich get drafted, but uh, he's pretty far down the punter list even, so I don't think that's going to happen. But uh, that dude that dude is ripped. He's got to be the most ripped punter in the nation. And uh, as for like non-University of Wisconsin, I'm interested. Will McDonald's the obvious one. He went to Waukesha North, and this is like the last... These are the last kids that I covered covering prep sports in high school who are uh-huh. who have a chance to get drafted so mm-hmm. we're kind of at the tail end there might be a prospect or two i, I just haven't thought about still left but it's will mcdonald went to play to Waukesha north and then uh uh oh, i'm drawing a blank at who else could could be uh john Gaines out of marquette university i don't think i i don't remember seeing him play so i don't know if he counts hunter lupke uh north dakota state is from wisconsin but i did not see him play in fullbacks are people too fullbacks are people to get that man a draft draft slot six seventh round something like that we could do that absolutely um i yeah, actually that's it. i will say i think keanu benton actually has the best chance of going in the first round um and that's possible too yeah i i did see one mock draft that had him in there and uh yeah i i think i think you're right i think honestly both those guys could be right there in those those 40s picks 42 43 44 45 where the packers might maybe look at Benton if he's if he's there but yeah he could he could sneak into the late first Titman, I'm not as high on I think it's amazing that he's 6'6 and moves in space like he does mm-hmm. um but I have some beef with some other parts of his game I just think it's very hard to be a six foot six center mm-hmm. uh even a guard like just the leverage battle alone yeah, that, makes that, that seems just like too difficult to actually get low um yeah uh, and he was I mean, I mean Wisconsin's had really good luck turning out centers like Tyler Biotish with the Cowboys as a center and uh, God, once again, I'm drawing blanks left and right. I mean, Peter Kahn's didn't end up playing much in the NFL because he got hurt, but he was really yeah. good. They, they, offensive line in general, but they've, they've had some good centers in the past and, you know, tip and again, I don't know exactly what he's in the NFL, but, uh, but he, he was a good one. Yep. Um, I do think, so we're, we're very long and thank you for all the Twitter questions. I do think we should take two Twitter questions specifically. Um, one of which is my brother's because he's actually a patron and refuses to put his question in the Patreon questions. So I know the other one too. So you, I'll, you I'll give that so one. You can, you can do those. We'll go with Danny Noonan first, which with Rogers allegedly gone, still not buying it. He says in parentheses, should I start watching the Packers again? <laughs> Uh, There's a press conference tomorrow, man. I don't know what, what, what this, he, he's not going to believe it until September 7th or whenever that season gets going. Danny's quite the skeptic. Uh, I think it might football might drive you crazy, bro, because you know you you complain about the head injuries and you know a lot of legitimate stuff, and none of that's changed. So yeah, you do you, but he'll he'll be gone, which is it makes the more pleasant to follow in terms of you know celebrity stuff. So, but you won't. I know you won't. There is a certain element of just wild uncertainty with this team. Like you never, 
Aaron Rodgers starting in 2009, I guess, 8, 9. No, probably, two, two, I guess, 2009. Starting then, you could not go into a season and expect the Packers were just to have no idea what they were going to do. It was either they were going to make the playoffs or you were going to be disappointed. And so this is kind of a, a unique world for Packers fans. They haven't been in this headspace for a while since 2008, since he took over for Brett Favre. So that's kind of cool. I, I don't know if it's going to be like the most fun to watch all the time. There's going to be some real clunkers, but yeah. it's it's very different. And I do think ultimately it'll be a satisfying season. I think ultimately... I don't expect this team to just complete take a nosedive. I, I think they'll be pretty solid and maybe they don't make the playoffs, but they, they'll push for it. So only, only good vibes going forward. I think. Yep, absolutely. We, we know what we're getting into. Uh, anything that they do that's positive is gravy. And you know, if they happen to hit on a quarterback again, if love's good, I mean, that, that would be phenomenal. We can make fun of the bears for another decade. It's all worth it. Oh no! Do we lose Jr. for the last question? Yeah. No, I'm here now, but <laughs> it was very touch and go there for a second. All right, let's close this down before yes. everything falls apart. Let's. Old man on a bike in Shirlington. Uh, old man on a yes. bike in Shirlington. I'm just an old man on a bike who shares one thing in common with Aaron Rodgers: rage. Granted, <laughs> my rage comes when an inf infernal e-bike passes me on the walking trail, whereas Rogers' rage comes from being forced to take a, take a life-saving vaccine. My question is, how many games does Rogers' rage carry him in 2023? Five wins? Ten wins? Or does it peter out much sooner? Similar to my desire to catch up to an e-bike booming 25 miles per hour. Is there enough spite in this situation for him to really be fueled like the Jordan Love pick? Because he just kind of got what he wanted without having to talk to Gutekunst about it. Yeah, like, uh, he's been MVP recently twice. What's he trying to prove, you know? Uh, and uh, the chip on it, I feel like he has too many outside interests now to, like, will himself to a really good season. Like, he, he doesn't have the willpower for that. He goes into dark rooms and is on a healing retreat in Costa Rica right now. That's what we have with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, if he shows up for, like, all of the vo voluntary stuff, and dedicates himself to actually doing that. I'll change my tune, but I think he's just kind of getting paid and hanging out in New York. <laughs> Maybe after I but. let the record show Tyler Brooke would also like sixty million dollars into take healing retreats in Costa Rica. Absolutely. So uh, I don't think there's enough rage. I think old man, you have more rage than Aaron does. I think he is quite chill at the moment and and has lots of ways to deal with his rage. And yeah, won't won't be as good for it. I think never underestimate the chip on Aaron Rodgers' shoulders, yeah, ever. Fair. And second of all, Tyler said it earlier, the guy was hurt last year. If he is healthy, which is a big if because he's old man, I, I get it. But if he's healthy, maybe we don't really know what's left in the tank. Maybe there is maybe there is something there, and he uh, he leads the Jets triumphantly into the playoffs. It's possible. He's just an, he's just an old man on a jet. Yeah. An old man on a jet with a football. Mm -hmm. oh, I think... That'll do it. That'll do it. We're oh, Matub Matub says hi to old man on a bike. He does. Yes, that's way. true. Oh, and Matub, big fan. Yeah, Scott, you're my friend, so I'll answer yours real quick. It is the best uh, end of career quarterback deal since John Hadle. So yeah, you're right about that. Um, oh all God, right, John Hadle. <laughs> let's uh, let's shut her down. So uh, all right, uh, the draft is Thursday. Um, Tyler, are you out, are you gonna be on Thursday? Actually, I shouldn't add. Yep, I'll All be right. I'll be in for most of it. I think I gotta hop onto Cheesehead TV for a brief moment. Yeah, but... I, I would I'll also be doing that if I wasn't running it, and if I can rig up another computer, I will. Um, but uh, 
we will be running an APC draft show on our YouTube channel, um, which you can find by searching for Acme Packing Company on YouTube. Um, it will have uh, at least the two of us and Tex, and I think Justice is confirmed for that too, So uh, and probably a lot more people, but at least the four of us. Um, so go check that out. It's fun to watch the draft with friends. That's what that is. So please join us. Uh, and before we get out of here, Tyler, anything else you want to plug? Please buy my book if you haven't. <laughs> I, 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 I will say this. I do actually want to thank. Uh, it's Science of Football. I should probably name what it is. Uh, I will mm-hmm. say I got for the first time, uh, maybe like a month or two ago. It's been a while since we've all been on. Uh, I got the sales numbers for it, and it meant the world to see. I was absolutely blown away to see how many copies we had sold. So to everyone who has bought it, uh, thank you so much. That is absolutely amazing. Yep. Go buy it. It's great. Um, and uh, I, I, of course, am in it as well but i didn't write it all i got the easy job but uh, go check it out it's good hey it looks even better now that tyler huntley is a pro bowler it does yeah <laughs> oh my goodness i can't believe that actually happened uh, all right jr you got anything you want to mention i mean we just got a million things at jsonline.com the bucks we're freaking out about the bucks we're panicking oh, i'm bucks, panicking man. they are a co- uh, so much great content about the bucks but unfortunately <laughs> that that journey might be over very, very soon or not, or not. You never really know. Uh, but obviously the, the draft is top of mind. Packersnews.com, yeah. jsonline.com. We've got just a, a gajillion things uh, live after the fact. It'll be great. So uh, so please make us make us your home for some some great Packers draft content. All right. Cool. Uh, as for me, um, first of all, Tyler has all of his um, people he has scouted for the draft in a Google Doc that you can find on his Twitter feed. Also, yes. yes. It, is, it is quite good. Go check that out. Um, I, I have written uh, Kebop's columns on all of the major quarterbacks in this class, even making it to Hendon Hooker, who um, is an old man who will go in the like the fourth round, even though people talk about him like he's a first-round quarterback. Um, I've written my overvalued and undervalued receiver columns. Go check those out. Love Mingo. Um, he has been shooting up draft boards sitting not not responsible for it people have noticed him uh, <laughs> since then but go check those out as well um those stats are all available as well um as google docs in all of those columns if you want to see the full things they're available to you and uh, yeah we'll be back on draft night to, to talk everybody through it so uh, thanks for joining us we'll see you on thursday